3: And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 12th, 2021. This is episode 2,596. Good morning, Horse World.
2: When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Woohoo! Welcome back, everybody. Second Tuesday (laughs) of every month. Karen Chatton stops by, and we get to geek out on everything endurance riding and trail riding and otherwise adventures. Endurance riding, for those who are uninitiated, is the discipline that has the craziest adventures overall, in my opinion. (laughs) Because you've had some, right? (laughs) Because I've had some. That's right. And this morning, before we got the show started, Karen was kind enough to text me a picture (laughs) of a foot that was multi-hued. And she said, well, if I leave now, I could get to the the office on time. And it was like a half an hour early. So um, explain to me, Karen Chatton, how your foot got to be rainbow colored. What happened? you mean? well,
3: yes, I y- you know, I cause I keep saying how polite and well-mannered Apollo is. He's half thoroughbred, half Arab. And you know, I haven't had my foot stepped on for at least two decades. <laughs> and uh, he had a brain fart. <laughs> and, um, Basically jumped on top of my foot and then he jumped right off of it because he realized, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Um, and luckily I was wearing boots, which, which was very good or it would have been worse. And he didn't break anything. But, uh, you know, by the time I got in the house and took my shoes and sock off, it was already very colorful.
2: Now he stepped on that outside edge of your foot which is in my opinion the most painful section.
3: It's definitely a painful section and I keep telling my dogs don't you dare step on my foot. Ah! <laughs> You know, when you have three dogs and, you know, they're going, we're going in and out of the house several times a day, you got to be really careful. I'm like, don't you guys dare come near my foot.
2: (laughs) It's amazing to me, um, dogs, you know, 30 pounds, 50 pounds. It's amazing to me how Uh, much it hurts when a dog steps on your foot. Oh, I know.
3: Yes. And they're all pros at it. They, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Before we get
2: going too much further. (laughs) Coming up on today's Endurance episode, we are going to be chatting with Kara Popplestone, which is the most awesome name ever. And uh, she's going to give us a little report on her first season as an endurance rider. And then Natalie Mayer, Mayer Law stops by and she is setting up an AERC Junior Rider Derby, which is great. And again, in my personal opinion, the discipline of endurance riding wins the award for most proactive to bring junior riders into the ranks and keep them there. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. You guys really, really do a lot to bring in junior riders. And you really embrace – it's a different point of view for somebody who's 16 now versus somebody who was 16 30 years ago. They have a different outlook on life. And you guys really embrace that and say, come on in, guys. We're all about it.
3: Yes. And we're, we're actually going to be starting because I'm the chair of the Junior and Young Writers Committee with AERC. And tonight we're actually having a Zoom meeting. Ooh. We're bringing everybody into the new century <laughs> for 21 <laughs> years later. Right. Um, and then we're going to we're setting up we're getting a bunch of people that can be hosts and moderators. For our junior writers and our young writers, and we're going to start having monthly or maybe more frequently than that meetings. So the juniors from each region can meet each other online and get to know each other and discuss their goals and their, you know, the things that, that they're, you know, wanting to learn about or just basically. Share with you know, their friends they, how many times they with, got their
2: feet stepped on. Sure.
3: Right. Or, you know, if they've got. Which you GPS know, they like best.
2: All the stuff that all other horse people share. Yeah.
3: Exactly. And then this gives them a chance to get to meet each other. And so we're going to give that a go and see how that works.
2: Pretty cool. So, let's
3: see, we just got to get the adults, you know, on board with the new technology.
2: Yeah, yeah we're, we're a little <laughs> slow to take it up. Not,
3: yeah. re- not really new, but. <laughs> Like I said, it's the, you know, 21 years, you know, like uh, I was just kind of laughing at the whole, it's, you know, 2021. It's like, we're going to be in the roaring 20s (laughs) 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 pretty soon
2: here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe the dress dresses with those dropped waistlines will come back in. Right.
3: You never know, you know. No, I think this will be the the decade of um, sweatpants and pajamas.
2: I think it will. <laughs> yes. I I have a pair of sweatpants. We live in Florida for the uninitiated. So uh, long pants are not something we use a lot around here. We're in central Florida where, where it's That's warm. That's got to be great. 85% of the time. Yeah. We've had a bit of a cold spell. And the temperatures have been below 60 <gasps> all the time. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's really cold. So I got my sweatpants out and I've been wearing them to do barn work and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I forget how comfortable these are. I know, how huh? <laughs> I can get used to this. <laughs> it's, in your, it's It's like being in your pajamas all the time.
3: Well, you know, you're in trouble when you go and you do your laundry and it's a pile of like sweatpants and pajamas mostly. Mm. And and riding tights, you know. And riding, self, riding tights leggings. are
2: practically pajamas.
3: Practically, yes. yes.
2: Pract, they're pajamas with knee patches on them.
3: They are. Or yeah. cell phone pockets. Or cell
2: phone pockets. We now, love the cell phone this, pockets. This wasn't on our topics to chat about, but I'm curious. Riding tights, do you like the traditional knee patch or do you like the new silicone sticky stuff?
3: I don't think I have any with the silicone sticky stuff. Oh.
2: So you're Are all those... 100% knee patch or do you cuz some endurance riders don't have anything at all on the knee protection department. I I've got
3: both. You know, it doesn't really matter as long as there's not extra material to bunch up. Mm-hmm. I'm fine.
2: Ah, so you're you're yeah. ambiguous when it comes to knee patches, okay? Pretty much. Fair yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. So, speaking of uh things we love to to own and buy, it's been great fun Everybody chatting in the horse world about where they spent their stimulus check because I'm pretty sure not too many of us put it put it into a savings account. <laughs>
3: well, <clears throat> it's called stimulus money, so <clears throat> I wanted to stimulate the economy, and so I brought in two truckloads of uh, decomposed granite and sand <laughs> for my horses. You and so rocks, uh, you yeah, rocks. basically dirt. Yep, sand, so that I won't have mud. And uh, and then I had a, a local neighbor um came over with this tractor, and we got it all spread out. And now the horses have uh, two nice big paddocks where they can lie down and roll and, and pee in the sand. And they're happy campers. And my money went in the account and came out
2: the same day. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so... In in your case this is like like a a sacrifice paddock kind of an area. Mhm. Okay.
3: Yep. Yep. And uh uh yeah, it's wonderful because then because we have the opposite type of weather than you do in the winter like w- we haven't gotten as high as 60 degrees oh. during the day. <laughs> so um, it, wh- everything freezes. And, and when it's just dirt and mud and it freezes, then it makes it really difficult to clean up the manure. Yeah,
2: so yeah, it becomes chunks of uh, icebergs. Yes, it makes manure right. bergs. Yeah.
3: And it's it's really hard on your pitchforks and rakes and things. So Um, Being able to have the, you know, the layer of the decomposed granite and with the sand on top, it makes it so much easier to keep things clean. And and the horses, too, even if they do go out in the field and roll in the mud, they come in and then they roll in the sand and it kind of helps clean them off. So it's
2: just a scouring pad.
3: Yeah. yeah. So I will be glad that I spent my money on that. And uh, although we're having a really dry year. So
2: typically unfortunately. do you is it typically wet in the winter there, either through snow or rain, or does is, is winter usually dry there? In- it's
3: <coughs> a good year, yeah. It it can be wet for weeks and weeks and weeks and the horses are in the mud and you know, for weeks and weeks and it's hard because then you know it it's really difficult to go clean up their poop, especially if we do have, you know, six or eight inches of snow. To go and try to fish it out (laughs) and find it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now, as far as hoof care is concerned, do you have a lot of extra hoof maintenance during the winter months there? Or are they pretty good? You know, it's just the main thing. If I can keep up every day
3: with getting the manure moved out, then they're not going to be stepping in it. Mm -hmm. Which is great, you know. But once they step in it, um, then, yeah, you got to keep their feet cleaned out. Uh, otherwise it's going to get threshy and and kind of wet and uh, yeah so uh but right now everything's been pretty dry and everything's looking good and you know I've been working with Apollo his feet um typical kind of thoroughbred feet you know as far as they were flat Yep. and and he didn't want to have any heel yep. <laughs> and uh, crumbly and cracking and chipping and that sort of thing. So, you know, I've been spending all my money buying all sorts of things for him. <laughs> in fact, yeah. I just got him. I just yesterday ordered with Kristen from the Distance Depot the the rest of the matching tax set. So he'll be in electric blue um, and i will have everything matching.
2: Ooh. Now, does anything... Fit him and your other horses, or is the size difference too great? Um,
3: it it does fit. Yes, he he does fit everything except for the crupper, um, because he's bigger and longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so most of my cruppers and the piece, you know, the crupper pieces that attach to the actual tail piece on the crupper are too short.
2: Ah, yes. And that's yeah. key. You don't want that too short. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Definitely not. Nah, that's a bad thing. Put on <laughs> put on your long list of topics to chat about on one of the shows coming up. I want to talk about cruppers, what they do, how to fit them, and also okay. breaching. Because some people use breaching on their saddle instead of a crupper or in addition to a crupper. So I'd love to they chat do. about that a little bit. Okay. I think that'd be That'll interesting. That'll be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's a little bit of a complex thing thing in that it's a, like all the other pieces of tack it's important that it fits right for so many reasons and we won't go into them right now <laughs> <laughs> well everything is important that it fits That's right. some things <laughs> if endurance. you get it wrong yeah. the consequences are not very high i think um cruppers it can be reasonably high
3: definitely yeah, yeah. it's up yeah. there with getting your foot yeah.
2: squished folks just to yeah no spoilers <laughs> and now another thing that we chat about often in endurance riding, because endurance riders ride regardless of the weather and regardless of the lighting conditions, or lightning conditions in some cases. <laughs> Done uh, that. So, so having lighting that you can carry along with you is crucial for riding in mm-hmm. addition to doing all of your barn work and horse care. So right. Headlamps. And what are we talking head about? Lamps. Headlamps. What the heck?
3: Well, if you haven't bought a headlamp lately... They have really become, you know, literally light years ahead of what they were just even <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> I know. Um, they've got them now where they're motion. They have motion sensors on them, so once you put it on, you just wave your hand in front of it, and it comes on. And you wave your hand in front, and it goes off. And it's. Wonderful for, you know, if you're riding, you know, the horses can see really well in the dark. So using a headlamp is basically for the rider mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, You know, some horses are okay with headlamps. Others aren't. You know, my horse, Bo, I uh, did, you know, 10 hundreds on him and it took until probably his like sixth or seventh <laughs> hundred till he would tolerate a headlamp. The first time I remember turning one on, uh, on 100, and he saw the light, because mm-hmm. I'm on him, mm-hmm. and he just started backing up. Oh, he was
2: no, gonna, that could be disastrous.
3: He, he was going to get away from it no matter what. Oh. So I, you know, so then you're fumbling around. Of course, this was years, a few years back, and I didn't have the motion sensor when. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to, where the. Where Stupid the switch is on-off and switches. And hoping your horse doesn't back off of a cliff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Or, yeah. So, you know, now, the, in fact, the last time I did Tuvis on him was 2018. And I had this one, and it was awesome. Because you could just put your hand in front, turn it on, put your hand, you know, on and off, just real quick. You didn't have to worry about where any switches or buttons were or anything like that. Cool. So. That was great. And, you know, they're wonderful for barn chores. For those of us that, you know, where it's getting dark in the winter at 5 or 5.30 Mm -hmm. at night, they're just, I mean, I love my headlamps. They're just, they're terrific. And you can find them pretty inexpensively online. And they've also got them where they have red lights on them. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a horse that doesn't like the white light... You can use the ones that illuminate in red because most horses, it doesn't seem to affect them or bother them the same way, and it still gives you enough light so you can see. You, can you know, not before on
2: tree limb, yeah,
3: yeah, before you like run head on into
2: your manure cart or something <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> i done that. This is interesting because Nigel, I wear headlamps pretty regularly. I have a lot of the ones that connect to the brim of your ball cap which isn't practical uh-huh. for riding in, but he does not like it. Even when I'm on the ground and he sees me walking, I have to have it pointed towards the ground so it basically only illuminates what's six inches in front of me. Right. He is yeah. very uncomfortable with it. So this is an interesting tactic. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because, it, it yes, it's
3: like it blinds them and it takes them a lot longer to adjust, I mm-hmm. think. Than it yeah. does us yeah. so you know some horses are a lot more sensitive and then once bo decided he was okay with the the headlamp on a hundred um he would follow literally follow the light <laughs> and and so when i was riding him on Tevas the last two or three times i had to make sure i couldn't sightsee like we got along the last part of the ride you're on literal cliffs and edges on narrow single track trails and the rivers down there and ah! it's just gorgeous. And so I, you know, I could not turn my head and look and sightsee because he would like literally follow the light. Oh, so oh. I had to like really focus on, okay, I've got to keep the light and myself focused on the trail straight ahead of us. And he followed it and it was great. Uh, you know, once or twice I did sort of sightsee and he started to just follow the light where it went. And I was
2: like, Oops, wow. You know something? <laughs> that would have made some really good stories for the show though.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't want to go follow there. That no, don't go there. No. Nope. I do have the helicopter insurance though. So you can sign up for that. And uh <laughs> now, Explain like what helicopter 60. insurance. Is. Uh it's like Sixty bucks a year, and if you fall off a cliff with your horse, or you're in, you know, an automobile accident, or horse accident, or have a heart attack, they will come with the helicopter and take you away to the hospital, and it's covered
2: because n- many insurance, health like, insurance policies, don't cover that. Yes,
3: exactly, and it it can go upwards of thirty thousand dollars or more for one for one trip transport. Yeah. Right, exactly. so. We we get the sixty bucks and it covers everybody in your household.
2: Cool. What do you get that Through AERC.
3: Um. Yeah. Well, originally they, when you entered Tevis, <laughs> it was one of the things. It was one you of the options. Also, yeah.
2: <laughs> Campsite, yes. Helicopter insurance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs>
3: Here you go. You're going to be in remote country where nobody else can get to you.
2: (laughs) So true. Again, that's endurance. Riders do that better than anybody. Get out there where nobody can get to you.
3: (laughs) Exactly. I know. Uh, Exactly. Yes. Wow.
2: (laughs) Well, cool. So it's the, uh, get yourself a headlamp and check out the ones that have a motion detector on off switch. And I many, many times have been fumbling around my hat or my headlamp that's stuck on my head trying to figure out how to turn it on or off and it's it's yes frustrating yeah
3: especially if you've got winter gloves on or something you know and
2: yeah or you're just klutzy and have that too and and have poor um sense of where your body is in space there you go poor perception yeah
3: right and once you get used to using one it's like how did i ever get along without it yeah just it's one of those things that's real handy. And even on endurance rides, a lot of times we're tacking up in the dark. And yeah. it's handy. It's handy for that, even if you're, you know, going to be finished before it's, you know, dark that day. Yeah. Um, well, even, you know, though, even on the handy
2: in the wintertime, because the rides happened fall, winter, early spring here in Florida for obvious reasons.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh-huh. If you're
2: riding, if you're take, take, going on rides in January, February... It's dark, even if you're riding in the shorter rides, because, you know, sun doesn't come up till 7 o'clock. Oh, sure, Yeah. So yes, being able to tack up there. effectively in the dark is a mm-hmm. very important skill set for horse and rider. Exactly. Yep. Another thing we can chat about. Put that on see. your long list of things we can talk about. Um, helpful hints on learning, ha- practicing and learning how to tack up in the dark. Um, ways to organize <laughs> your things so you can find them. Um, ways to have lighting where you can at your, at your campsite, stuff like that. Cool. Yep. The mm-hmm. topics are endless.
3: They are. they
2: are. There's so much. Yeah. Speaking of endless, let's give uh, let's give Kristen at the Distance Depot a holler. The Distance Depot is one of our great sponsors here on the Endurance episode every month and has been from day one. And it, it's the place that everybody goes to get their endurance gear among other things.
4: The Distance Depot Horse Lovers Outlet. This is Kristen.
3: Good morning, Kristen. It's Karen and Jennifer.
4: Hi, Karen and Jennifer. Hey! <laughs> How is everything?
2: With the exception, good. With the exception of Karen's foot, grand. Oh. Uh-oh.
3: <laughs>
2: that doesn't sound good. It got stepped
3: on. Oh, <laughs> Rats. And, and yet I still ordered the horse new tack. <laughs>
2: so she's not fallen out of love with him yet. That's
3: right. That's right. So I hear you have some new rain gear, Kristen. Tell us about it.
4: Okay, we do. In fact, I started to think about what sort of rain gear we do have. We have a lot of rain gear (laughs) as I started to go through the website. But we do have a new line um, from Horseware Ireland. Some of you may be um, aware of that brand. It's a really super nice brand. Um, And we brought in a three-in-one Super Tech coat. It's waterproof. It's about a three-quarter inch length, uh, sorry, three-quarter in uh, length. So it's like mid-thigh, if you will. Um, And uh, it has a removable liner, so you can wear it when it's really cold out too, and it will keep you warm. Or you can take the liner out and wear it just as a raincoat in the summer. Um, And the hood tucks in, and it has, you know, flaps in the back that will allow it to go over your saddle because nothing worse than trying to sit on your raincoat and um, that gets pesky. So it has all mm-hmm. kinds of really nice features to it. And it's a pretty, it's in a pretty light grade is for ladies. Um, but we do have some um, new Muddy Creek green coats too that we've brought in. And those are a unisex sized um, product and they are fabulous. So we have the short coat, which is about hip length, if you will. Um, It has reflective properties and um, machine washable. The Muddy Creek products are machine washable, which is really nice, because if you wear it in the rain and you know you get horse hair all over it, mud and all of that, it's great to be able to throw it in the washing machine. And um, the long coats that we have by Muddy Creek come in a really pretty crimson and we also are stocking black. And they are more um, similar to a duster. And these are oversized coats. And when I say that, they fit, they feel like they fit really large. First of all, they allow you to wear warmer clothes underneath. And second of all, the really nice thing about these jackets is that they cover your entire saddle and most of your horse's rump. Um, so it's really, it fans open, and we have pictures of it on the website and sizing instructions as to how you would size it for yourself. But this coat is made to go all the way down to your ankle because they think, oh, nice. we make a uh-huh. raincoat, you know, that would let your feet and your ankles get wet. So um, And like I say, it covers your entire saddle. So if, um, I don't know, I wonder how it would be on an endurance ride um, if you were doing a lot of galloping. Um, how it would stay in place. But as far as being out there and, and keeping dry, absolutely will do the job. Mm-hmm. And then we have, um, we also brought in products from Outback Trading Company. And one of the products is really cool. And I think Cashel used to do a raincoat similar to this years ago. But this is this one's called the Packaroo Duster. And it actually holds, it's, it's a long coat as well. So, and it has leg straps, so that will hold it in place if you're doing a lot of cantering. Um, those little leg straps are super nice when you're riding. Um, and, of course, waterproof. But it folds up into itself and makes like a little backpack, so it doesn't have an extra carrying case. It is its carrying case. Which I have is one really of these. pretty. It's
2: awesome.
4: Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. We're very excited to have those because I think they'll be a great, great thing to have in your trailer for sure. Then I started looking at horse rain gear, and we have quite a few things. Of course, all of the blankets um, by Weather Beta, and we're bringing them in from Horseware Ireland as well, are all waterproof. So great when you're camping and it happens to rain at your ride um, or at home, of course. And, um we have a Mack and a Sack by Horseware Ireland, which is a full waterproof cooler, which you can use at a hold or if your horse is tied to the trailer. Probably not best to turn him out in it because it is a full length cooler, just, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but they are
4: waterproof and, and super nice just to stay dry at the hold. Well, per- Keep your perfect saddle at the dry. Holds. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Yeah. You just toss yeah. this on. It's super lightweight so it's not bulky to carry around. It doesn't weigh a ton, so you, know, you have to schlep all that stuff to the vet and the, or the whole yeah. area and then schlep it exactly. back.
4: Yeah. 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 And you can use it to keep your stuff dry too. <laughs> yeah. You just throw if it over the whole on pile your
3: of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Hide under> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I see you also have a product called Revivex. So you can use that once a year to apply Absolutely. to your rain gear or your horse blanket to help yeah. keep them staying waterproof.
4: That's right, and that's what Muddy Creek said. You know, if you're washing your jackets and all of that, you only need to apply that, like you say, about once a year um, to keep your waterproofing going. Um, so that's pretty, pretty awesome. And um, we also have, what else? We have um, SSG 10 Below Gloves, which are waterproof. They are warm, so it's more of a winter glove. But we also have um, Ariat H2O Boots, which are waterproof. So lots of nice choices there to keep you dry.
3: Yeah, it's important if you're once your hands and your feet get cold and exactly. wet, then Game you're over. just going to be yeah very uncomfortable. So exactly. having the right gear, you know, it's not that there. I think one of the things we used to always talk about as endurance riders on the bad weather rides, it's not that the weather's bad. It's if you have bad gear, you yes. know. It makes all the world of difference when you have the right gear and it does. Can, for you and your horse. Yes, were, big
4: difference. Yeah, there were many a day I wish I had one of these raincoats <laughs> that was full length because at, we've we all been a, there. Yeah. Actually, I forgot about the carrots. They have a um, insulated parka too, um, and that's waterproof and warm. And also a new waterproof pant, um, and it's called the Cascade rain pant. Oh, nice. So you can look that up too. So if you're not, you know, don't want a full length jacket, you just want to wear a shorter one, you can throw those rain pants on too. So pretty handy.
3: Okay, so how do people go about if they want to order any of this stuff? Finding you.
4: All right. Well, we are www.thedistancedepot.com, or you can call us toll-free, 866-863-2349.
3: Terrific. Thank
4: you, Kristen.
2: Thanks, Kristen. Thank bye-bye. Thanks, and Bye-bye. <laughs> cool. Let's see. Yeah, it's got to have the right gear. You God, do. It right makes
3: here. all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. All the difference. All the difference. There we yes. go. Well,
2: we're going to find out a little bit about our first guest, Kara. Who was also an auditor, and we'll see if she had the right gear for 2020. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Sometimes you think you have the right gear, and the only way to find out that you don't
2: <laughs> is it's, the hard way. It's the, you have to use it, exactly. You can do all the shopping you and do. all the research in the world, but using it is really the thing. And and what's right gear for one person might won't
3: won't be for another. Be for exactly. Another. Exactly. Exactly.
2: All right. Do we have Kara here? Hi. Hi, Kara. Morning, Kara. It's
3: Karen and Jennifer. Good
0: morning. How are you guys?
3: Good. Good. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks.
3: Good. Well, we saw your blog where you were (laughs) posted about your first year of endurance. Yeah. It was kind of a a crazy first attempt, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, what do you have to say after doing your first year in the sport? What, what did you think, and how did it go? Um, so, my first
0: full year was in 2020 there, um, and you know, honestly, I loved it so so much. Um, we had a ton of fun um, up here in Manitoba. Our um, ride season was kind of condensed down into about. Uh, I think we figured it out to be like eight weeks long sort of idea. <laughs> yeah, it uh-huh. was condensed down a lot. Um, so we managed to do 125 miles, all 25-mile rides in um, that eight weeks. And it was a blast. We had so much fun. Um, obviously, things were run a little bit differently than they had been in 2019 and stuff. Because um, I volunteered at a few rides in 2019, and I had done one. Um but it was so much fun. I loved it. We had a blast. Everybody was so encouraging and so helpful. It was just wonderful.
3: <laughs> okay, so let's start with what were the best parts of it for you? Um, For me,
0: it was seeing how much the two of us could do. Um, like me and Charlie, my pony, um, just seeing how much better he could do than I thought. Um, like for those who haven't read the blog post, Charlie is a Welsh quarter horse cross and um, he is basically a full sized horse with short legs. <laughs> I love Charlie already. He, <laughs> he sounds honestly, great. He, he's the best little, he's the best little guy any ever. You can point him at anything and he just gets so excited and he'll do anything you ask him to. Um, but he I mean, he's not your typical endurance horse, right? So I went into it with very low expectations as to what we would be able to do. And then seeing what he actually could do was just amazing. Um, Not to say that we were super competitive because we definitely weren't. We turtled our way through every ride and just had a blast doing it. Um, But that was fun. And probably my second so before favorite Before we go thing. much further
2: here, for oh. for non-regular listeners of the Endurance episode, what is turtling?
0: Um, Basically, just the only goal is to get in within the time frame. Um, you're not really in a rush trying to get first place, trying to get second place, anything like that. You're just kind of going in at your own pace, and as long
2: as you finish... Within the time allowed, you're happy to be done. (laughs) There we go. So keep in mind for, again, if you're not familiar with endurance, it's technically, it's endurance racing in that the fastest ride wins, providing they fall within the veterinary parameters. So turtling is when you say, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go the pace my horse needs to go. I'm going to take my time. But in each race, in each division, there is an, a maximum allowed time because they have to be able to gather mm-hmm. up the volunteers eventually. <laughs> and I, I'm raising my hand. I, I like to try in turtle too. I think I want to I someday I want to be the queen of turtling. It there you know, it can be <laughs> quite a competition
3: to finish last.
2: <laughs> it is, and you and, and competitors joke about it, it all the time. It's a thing. It isn't
3: always easy. Yes, no. it's a thing. It's not always that easy. <laughs> mm.
2: All right, sorry I hijacked your chat. So continue. No, okay, so let's let's hear what about what parts of it that
3: didn't go quite right for you? Cuz we all have okay. those moments too. <laughs> yeah. So 2019 was the first year that I tried to do
0: endurance. Um and I will be the first one to say that 2019 for me was a complete um schmauzel I guess (laughs) it did not go as planned at all um so I tried to take um the horse that I had at the time Smokey to an endurance ride and he um he and I were not a good pair looking back on it I never should have tried but I convinced myself that it was all in my head and I should try (laughs) and um so we made it about a hundred yards down the trail maybe And he lost his, yeah, mind, basically. And it was just way too much for Uh him. And Uh I got off to walk him, like hand walk him, thinking that that would help him calm down, because it usually did. And it did, but when I went to get back on, he totally freaked and started bucking. And Uh threw me on the ground, and he took off. So he was gone in the park for probably... Um, an hour more. Oh gosh.
3: Hours.
0: Oh yeah. And then, that's the worst um, feeling ever. It was. And then somebody found him on the side of the highway.
5: Oh, and at this point,
0: I'm out on a quad with the ride manager, like driving through the trails, trying to find him. And the girls back at ride camp had posted on Facebook, like in a local group, like just so you know, this horse is missing. If anybody finds him, please let us know. And somebody had been driving by and saw him, so she went out with a halter and caught him. Um, thankfully, he still had his bridle and stuff on, but she figured she'd take it off to give him a little bit of a break on the mouth and stuff. Wow! And um, yeah, so we ended up loading him up on the side of the highway and getting him back. And then once we got him back to ride camp, we had the vet go over him just to make sure that he was okay because we didn't know where he'd been, what he'd done. How far passing, away? What? Right? How far away did he go? did he get? Um, well, they figure in order to get to where he was, he probably would have gone um, about five to eight miles. depending oh boy. on How he got there. Yeah. So he Whoa. had gone quite a ways. Um, and so then we hung out at ride camp, just trying to make it like a positive experience for him. And then we were <laughs> trying to load him into the trailer and he decided that the trailer was clearly um, the cause of all the issues of the day. And Uh-oh. the trailer had been the monster of the day. So then we oh didn't boy. want to vote. I bet you're yeah, glad that was... day was over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was so glad. When I finally got home, I was so glad. But I have to say, like, our local club here in Manitoba was so encouraging. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, I've been here. I've done. Like, you know, this has happened to me and this has happened to me. And, you know, don't worry. It, it all works out in the end. Like, we're going to get them on the trailer. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Um And I think if the club hadn't been that way, and if people hadn't been encouraging, and what I've learned since that day is that this is kind of true for 90% of the endurance clubs, um, I don't think I would have gone back. But everybody was just like, no, this is just part of what happened. Like,
3: you have a horse, this is what happens. We've all been here. Like, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Well, and that's how you have to to approach these sort of things. It's like, well, now you have a story to tell. If everything goes perfect all the time, it's like, yeah, I had a great ride. Everything was perfect. And that's it. (laughs) You (laughs) know? You know? Exactly. (laughs) And that's kind of why I wanted to write the blog post, because I find we hear those
0: stories. Those stories of, I went to my first ride and everything was perfect. And that's great. But not everybody has that experience, right? Some people have the schmuzzle that is crazy. Right, <laughs> and right. I think it's important for people to know you're the only one that it's happening to that day. But 90% of the people around you have had that happen at some point. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so we talk about gear a lot. What type of gear do you think was the most valuable to you?
0: Um, to me, it was a proper fitting saddle for um, Charlie. Okay. So Charlie is very hard to fit. He's got a um, very high, narrow wither, but he's your typical quarter horse, very stocky kind of a build. Um, so we had originally started out with a barefoot saddle and everything was going great on our slower trail rides and stuff. But as we got into more trotting and cantering and loping and that sort of thing, um, it didn't fit anymore because
4: mm-hmm. as horses
0: change, change. you know it, everything changes. Uh-huh. Um, so we now we're on a, in a Shannon Sayer, and it fits him lovely. it fits me great. um so for me, that was the most important
3: component, just because we're both in it for so long, right, right, good. And what about for you as a rider, like as far as your uh your comfort is concerned? Um,
0: probably for my comfort, my biggest thing is comfortable pants. And I mm. know that's gonna sound ridiculous, but it makes such a difference. Um, especially when you're posting that trot for sometimes hours on end. Um, I, I'm i a Western rider. I come from the Western world and I was so used to trail riding in jeans all day. Um, and that wasn't a good fit for me for riding endurance. Um, right, right now, I ride in just like workout leggings kind of
3: idea. Uh-huh. And I find it so much more comfortable, and I'm so much more what you don't like scars. You don't like scars on the inside of your thighs, <laughs> not particularly. <laughs> I do bruises on the outsides of my knees from trees, but I don't really need them on the inside, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly so what are your goals for 2021
0: um so for 2021 um we're hoping to do more endurance rides um more 25s and possibly at the end of october we might try a 50 i'm not sure yet it all depends how the year goes um but we also have a friend who's wanting to do her first um 100 at one of the rides down in the states So I want to go to those, like a bunch of those rides that she's going to down there and just help crew and kind of learn some more um, Mm -hmm. before I try to jump in too much further. (laughs) Just (laughs) to learn is the biggest goal, I think, is just learn what I don't know.
3: Sure, yes. So were the rides you did all in Canada last year? They were, yeah, because of... um, COVID restrictions and stuff, we actually stuck to all Manitoba
0: rides last so year.
3: so if you if you leave Canada, will they let you back in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think they'll let me leave right now. <laughs>
2: um
0: yeah, like we're for a while there we weren't even really supposed to leave Manitoba without twenty-four or without fourteen day quarantine on coming back. Oh boy. Um, Wow. Yeah. So it we've been locked down pretty strict for a while, and the last couple months have been it's... really strict. Uh, but we're hoping that maybe things will start opening up a little more here soon, in time for ride season.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's challenging times for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, it's like, um, all the Manitoba rides that we found, and then we've kind of. <laughs> Down the right because the there is a couple that, like I said, i just going to go in to help crew, and then there's a couple that I might try and do a 25 since we're going down there anyway, sort of thing. So, mm.
3: well, I hope it all works out. I hope we can. Yes, I hope we can get sort of back to normal by the at least by the middle of the year we can hope
2: there we go. Yes. you know well, thanks for nice. coming over and chatting with us care this has been a lot of fun we're starting to lose your sound so it appears that the the uh your phone company has decided that's all that's all the talking you get to do today but thanks for coming <laughs> on it's been fascinating hearing about your point of view uh getting started and it's so comforting to know that everybody i had i had uh I had the ride from you-know-where, too. Is it Schlamazel? Schmazel? A Schmazel. I I had a Schmazel ride, too. (laughs) Um, I'm glad that somebody else has joined me in the Schmazel Club. And I hope (laughs) hope we'll talk to you maybe uh, 2021. We'll get another review. Sounds good.
3: (laughs) Thanks, Kara. bye bye -bye. Have
2: a good day. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Cool. Well, one of the things that endurance riders depend upon is hoof boots. Now some people use horseshoes, some people don't use anything at all, some lots of people use hoof boots, and there are many reasons to use a hoof boot. So explain to us why Renegades are the ones that you choose.
3: Renegades are first of all they're made in the United States, which is awesome. Yay, yay. I believe they're like the only hoof boot, you know, brand that is and they come in several different colors so you can you know, mix and match them for each horse in a different color or whatever, but they're very easy to use. I've had juniors over the years as young as, I don't know, eight, nine years old, and they have no trouble at all with these boots because they are easy. You don't need any tools to apply them. They go on and off easy, attached with Velcro, easy to adjust and they work really, really well. I've ridden thousands of miles in Renegades, including on Tevis. I've used the strap-on model for Tevis. And they're, they have a glue-on model as well. And they're easy just. All I can say is that they're easy to use and they're great. The company is great to work with. You can email them photos and stuff of your horse's feet, and they'll, they will help you choose which boots gonna work the best and size them correctly and everything like that. So, go to renegadehoofboot.com and you can find out more information.
2: Perfect. There we go. And you, you can. They come in a bazillion and one colors. And even if your horse wears horseshoes, it's the handiest thing on earth to have around when your horse tears his shoe off. Oh, boy. Slap yeah. a little bit of, uh, of vet wrap on there and put the hoof boot on and you can turn him out. You can ride him. You're not going to lose any work.
3: That's right. There you go. Yes.
2: Yep. That's right. Now, our next guest, Natalie Mayer-Law. Tell us a little bit about her while we give her a call.
3: Okay, Natalie has been setting up a distance derby for our AARC junior riders, which sounds really kind of fun because she's including their training miles and conditioning miles. Hi, good morning, Natalie. It's Karen and Jennifer from uh, Horse Radio Network. Network. Good morning. How are you doing? Good to talk oh, I'm to you. Good. Just taking kids school. <laughs> oh oh good. Yes, I know you were just dropping them off right now, weren't you? Your so your kids are actually going to school?
5: Uh yeah, I have four kids, ages, oh what are they? Eight through thirteen and they're all in school full time. Oh, that's a handful. <laughs> yes, it is. And and do they all ride? Uh they all ride, all of them at different levels. I've got Two that are avid and, you know, going into the endurance world. And then two that enjoy going out for a nice leisurely 45-minute walk. Yeah. So. Okay. So how many horses have you guys got? Oh, my goodness. It comes and goes. I have five that are mine. Wow. But we also have a couple that we lease or that have been, you know, the horse that Kylie's going to be riding in endurance this year is actually a friend of mine. And he wants her to take it into endurance and condition it and bring it up.
3: Oh, good, good. So, so, and the kids are all old enough now that they're able to help out a lot with the horses. Yeah, we find. Oh, thank hit God!
5: It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't always like that, for sure. For a lot of years, it was kids <laughs> on the back. I would saddle every single horse myself, but I think the ones—it's down to just the last two that I help out and check out before we go.
3: Sure. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So tell us about the distance derby.
5: Oh, what it came down to my 12 year old daughter loves to do endurance, but this past, you know, couple seasons, pretty much she a horse that was always fit. Like she never had to do any work for it. It just was amazing. And, you know, it kind of started getting frustrated. I'm like, listen, you've got to condition your own horse. This is not cool for me to do all the work. And so, you know, I told her, I said, you're on your own. not doing this anymore. And there was no real motivation. Like when I was a kid, it was like, I, every second I could, I'd ride, but there wasn't motivation. So then I realized that the last five years I've been doing a distance derby with a bunch of adults. And the first year I did it, I only did like a thousand miles, I mean, 500 miles in a year. And this past year I did almost 1200. And I realized that the derby, though it's not, you know, anything fancy, it's just for fun. It encouraged me to get out and ride when it was just a little bit colder or when it was just a little bit harder.
2: Sure. So thought, uh-huh.
5: This is what we need to do for the kids. And so many of the kids all around the nation, they don't they think they're alone in endurance because their parents drag them there. We're like, hey, let's go ride. There's no other young kids. So I wanted a way for the kids to get to know each other and say, hey, there are more kids out there. And so that, that's that's kind of what it is. And it's so far we've got about 25 kids riding in it. Great.
3: So, tell us what the rules and re- requirements are.
5: Okay. So, the, the first and foremost, it's on the, the honor system. I, I can't monitor. I can't, you know, so I really expect integrity. I expect people not to put miles they didn't do. I expect them to, you know, live up to the standards. Um, from there, it's really simple. It's any horse, any time you're on a horse, you track it with a GPS. So for example, my daughter's gone out quite a few times and she sits bareback and turns her GPS on and hangs out while the horse wanders the field, you know, while, and she might get 0.5 miles, nothing major, or it might be when we go out all Saturday and she rides and gets, you know, 13, 15 miles. Um, So that's, that's that. From there, you have a spreadsheet that you're given, um, passwords to, you go in and you enter your miles on the day that you rode and it automatically updates the leaderboard which tells who has what miles and where you're at. And so it's pretty simple. Um, Like I said, it's on the auto system. I can't track you, but you can Mm -hmm. kind of see, who knows what kids are doing what, you know? Right, right. And so if they don't have a
3: GPS, but they have a smartphone, they can use an app basically the same way. It's all, okay, okay.
5: Almost all the smartphones have some kind of app that can track the you know your trails and they're all there's tons of free ones the one i love the most is gaia gps i'm not behind them or anything but i have just personally enjoyed it because it shares pictures but there's tons of apps out there um and then if you like the first gps watch i got was like a garmin 25 and Mm -hmm. you can get them now for like 60 bucks and so you know there's there's ways to do it if the kids um don't have their own tracking device or for my little kids, like my eight-year-old doesn't have her own tracking device. So when she rides with me, she gets the same mileage as me. Sure. And so, you right. know, I always track hers. So right. that's kind of where the tracking comes in.
3: Okay. Yeah, because my juniors, we make them leave their phones in the barn.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what my daughter does, my 12-year-old, she puts it in her boot. So it's oh, not yeah. like she gets to use it. It's hard Or to use they there. put it in their yeah. cap or something. Yeah. And once that's it's a in good idea. In the chap, yeah, once it's in your chaps or boots, you can't get to it, but it tracks. And so they're not playing, or you know, but they can still get their miles. You
2: can't do Candy Crush while you're riding.
5: Sorry. No, <laughs> no. Which is texting and riding is a bad idea. Yes, of come that, that way <laughs>
3: exactly. No Snapchat, no Instagram. It's off.
5: No, No. <laughs> Well not the other thing I also wanted to say is that I tried to set this up so that the kids didn't need a social media platform. Because right. I know my kids, I don't want them on Facebook for the most right. part. You know, they they look over my shoulder but they don't need their own. And I know a lot of parents don't want their kids on a social but, media platform. So I tried mine, to set it up so Mine thinks huh? that Facebook is for old people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I heard that Facebook is for old people and the Instagram is for young people and Snapchat for the kids that you know. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I think and I'm like no way.
3: Exactly. They're onto the Snapchat and TikTok and you know whatever. Uh. So as old pe- people need to be able to figure that out. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. For sure. So. Okay.
3: So how does it work at the end of the year when you add up everything? Then how? What's going to happen then?
5: Okay. So the end of the year, when the derby that I did, the end of the year, your recognition is, you a good job. You won. Like that's actually, no, I got a $50 gift card from Writing Warehouse, but that wasn't sponsored from Writing Warehouse. So what we've, it's been kind of fun is I posted the derby on quite a few different Facebook pages. And immediately I had different people saying, Hey, I want to sponsor you. I want to send in a, you know, I want to send an award. And so we've started to gather awards that I've just been blown away with. The thing is, I'm not sharing what the awards are because I don't want kids to be too tempted to lose their integrity. Remember, this is this right. is on your own. And, you know, it's a temptation when there's really nice awards out there to say, oh, yeah, it was so many miles. I mean, adults have that problem sometimes. So I didn't want to lose that. So I've, I let people know that there are awards. And on the dirty page, there's this part that says sponsors that says who's, so far has donated and so there are awards out there and they'll get shipped out and you know it'll be fun but most thing is this is for fun I really want the kids to get to know each other I want them to go and post on each other's you know some of the kids on there are tennis completers you know wow. we've got some high mileage and then we have like people that do cross-country and you know I, I tried to split it up it's not just endurance riders it's anybody that gets out and rides
2: Okay. Yeah, I okay. saw that. I was looking through, so, and it's great because uh, each rider can put a little a little short bio on there, and they have their mm-hmm. they they choose a picture to put up, and they talk about themselves and what their goals are. And I saw some yes. some are avid endurance riders, and others yes, are equestrians are who that that thought, well, endurance that sounds interesting. Uh, let me participate, and it's it's really cool. Yes. I like it. Right, and cool, and, and that you're was kind of my goal.
3: And you're counting all their miles. It doesn't have to be at a sanctioned event. It's just
5: nope. doesn't have training to be an event convenient. at all. Because I've got a girl that rides with my kids, and she is horse crazy, and she's a doll. The reality is she'll probably, I don't know if she'll ever get to go to an endurance ride. And I'm like, you know, that's not that's not cool. Like, she needs to be able to have some recognition for how much work she puts into her, her you know, riding. And so it's it's for everyone. It doesn't matter if you barrel race or... You know, if you win awards or you go somewhere, you can do it in your own backyard. And so it's really, you know, anybody that wants to participate can go. And your website—it
3: looks like it's endurancejuniors.blogspot.com for anybody that yes. wants that has a junior and they want to enter them, or if um, and is there a way there? Once somebody's there to contact you, Natalie, so that yep. if somebody wants to um, provide a donation or a sponsorship, they can.
5: Yes, so I probably need to post it. The email address for the account is endurancejuniors at gmail.com. And then, but on the blog spot, they can enter, they can comment on them, that you know, they can comment on the blog itself. Um, and then if they're a junior and want to enter the derby, there's a link there for them to enter.
3: Okay. And so, and- and they need to enter yeah. by the end of January, right?
5: I, You know, I would like them to enter by the end of January because I don't want kids to get too far behind. But at the same time, if they want to enter later, I'm like, that's fine. Just know that you're a month behind. So chop, chop,
2: and get writing.
5: <laughs> right. right. Know, so. Get
3: to move on already. Get a
2: move on. There we go. Well, thank yes, you very I much. Know, this has been fascinating, Natalie. And Good on you. This is really forward thinking. You know, I don't know why I take on these extra products. Because I've already got four kids and five horses, Enough seven Sundays, eight
5: others. But wow. I just, I want the generation that's below us to get out and ride. And I want them to see Good that, you. you know, you don't have to go to anything fancy. You can just set goals for yourself and achieve goals. So It's a lot it. of fun. Well,
3: thank this. you for, yeah, thank you for doing this and for joining us this morning. And um, I hope you can, we're going to do a Zoom call tonight um for people that are willing to help with um doing a a regular zoom meeting for the juniors in the different regions so that uh they can learn who the other juniors are and meet them and get to know each other and and hopefully help inspire each other and encourage each other so um we're putting that together yeah we're in a
5: whole new world now with this technology and that's how the kids get together
3: Exactly. We are. Because a lot of the schools where I'm at, they've had COVID outbreaks and they're, um, so most of the kids are out of school. They're, they've been online yeah, a lot this of the whole kids. time. Right. So, yeah, I, of
5: course my daughter's like, I want to homeschool school so I can ride more. <laughs> <I
3: don't know. laughs> Go to school. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, the four oh, of them, man. I totally get it. Yeah, you probably are very happy that they are going to school. <laughs>
5: yeah I am especially because they're getting out now and so I can have quiet in the car (laughs) so thanks a lot yeah do you have any other questions or
3: um no I think that's it we'll post a link um I'll tag you when we um get the um the show posted online and we'll provide a link to your website
5: Awesome, that sounds great, and like you know, you'll notice on my website, I'm not doing this for any of you know, any money or any um, even advertisements. I shut all those off. I was like, I just want people to enjoy it, so there's no other motivation there for me. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Okay, well, thank you for joining us.
3: Have a good day. All right, bye, Alex. You too. All
5: right, see ya.
2: So much fun. That's great.
3: So, yeah, we're going to get all these kids out there
2: riding. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Well, and It's it's great because it will appeal to riders who are a little competitive. It's like, oh, yeah, I can get the most miles. But it's also going to appeal to riders who enjoy the interaction and the social aspect of it because you can, it's a little bit like a blog. So, that's kind of cool. I like it.
3: Exactly. Yeah, it gives, you know, it helps to have some motivation. You know, it's really hard, like for some of us, where we're in a region or an area where everything's been shut down and closed, mm-hmm. and we don't have the normal amount of rides that yeah. we usually do. And it's tough, because, you know, even I find myself, it's like, oh, I don't have a ride coming up in the next couple of weeks. so. um, Yeah, it's like, oh, the weather's bad. I won't ride, you know, so. (laughs) There you go. But if you have a ride coming up, you're going to get your butt out there in the saddle and you're going to be riding and working your horse. So um, definitely. And I've been making myself get out there and work the horses. I mean, Apollo, I think, you know, we've talked about the thoroughbred brains that they have Mm -hmm. because he's half thoroughbred. <laughs> he's so much better if he gets worked regularly,
2: <laughs> yeah, they they you do know, need that, yeah,
3: he's he's different from my Arabs that I've always had. <laughs> mm-hmm. um as you know, he's, yeah, he's a little bit different, but he's so much more tractable um and even keeled when he gets worked up into a sweat every day or every other day. Or you know, even yeah. if it's just for half an hour. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: and it's it's, it's nice. my experience with thoroughbreds that um, the battle is at the far end of the thoroughbred scale to keep their brains ticking along, keep that uh-huh. keep the gray matter from turning to smush.
3: <laughs> is there gray matter in there? Yeah, there is. If
2: if he's <laughs> when when they get to be. The age where they have two digits in their age, then they get two brain cells. It happens around age 10, they have brain cell division, and they get two. Okay,
3: (laughs) well, mine is, he's 11, Apollo is 11, but I swear he's going on three.
2: Well, see, he had had a lot of years in there that, because his body wasn't working, his brain cell was not working either.
3: Right, he he was, basically, I call him yard art. Yeah. (laughs) You know, pasture ornament. Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, he. um So a lot of stuff is new for him. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was gonna. I got my little clippers out, the small ones, and I was gonna just kind of clean up the bottom of his little chinny chin chin, and you I'll know the, the long hairs winter. Off, yeah. Yeah. Just clean up the bottom of his jowls and stuff, and oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> There were oh geez, and then I thought, well, fine. Uh, he's gonna get exposed to the clippers every day. There you go. Yeah, and uh, it, and once I turned on his alertness, he wouldn't even let me trim the hairs with scissors. <laughs>
2: it's see? like no. you Set the alarms off, and there I you go. Did stranger danger? It,
3: it, you know, and of course, then I've got you know wonderful old Chiefy. Mm-hmm. He's you know twenty five almost 26 now. And of course he's been body clipped so many times. And you know, I could lie on my back and, and underneath him and, and turn on the clippers and he's just gonna like, you know, take a snooze. No problem. And, but Apollo, he's like, no, you're like
2: within 10 feet of me with those things. Nope. (laughs) Well, he's, he's probably just in general, still a little bit neophobic. Anytime there's something new, His first reaction at this point is still to hit the panic button. And it's going to take a little time because when you first got him, literally everything was new. So he was constantly hitting the panic button. So now it's just, it's going to be a little while till he, you know, he stops doing that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we got the neighbors with the goats. And, of course, at first the goats were, like, terrifying mm-hmm. to him. And now he walks right on by him. It's no big deal. And it, it, and I did find out. I got in touch. Fortunately, um, a friend of a friend um, knew his original owner. Oh, really? And, yeah. And so... It turns out, because Apollo did, you know, five years ago, he did do, like, seven endurance rides. Mm -hmm. He did LDs and a couple of 50s. and But he had done stuff. He had even been in a parade. Oh, really? And he's done all these things. And I'm like, well, (laughs) if you knew the horse now, you wouldn't realize that. I mean, he's actually been very sensible on the trail I don't feel um you know he hasn't dumped anybody off um you know and I tell him every time he does do something silly I'm like dude you're not my first gray horse (laughs) (laughs) you know I've ridden chief for how long 20 years now and um that horse he's not a real spooker, but what he does is he can D de- I call it deceleration. He can basically stop and levitate in place, you yeah. know, from a 10 mile an hour trot or whatever. Yeah. um, And he can levitate or he can levitate sideways. And so, um, so far, Apollo hasn't done anything that's to me, that's been concerning at all. Um, other than smash your foot. Other than just, he had the brain fart and he didn't just put his foot down, but he jumped on top of it.
2: <laughs> Thor's <laughs> like, hammer really... comes to mind. <laughs>
3: but as soon as he did it, he jumped right off and went, "Uh Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, cause he's really a very kind horse. He's very uncomplicated, you know, cause I had Bo for so long who basically his goal in life was to dismantle my barn. Yeah. So, he pulled down um, the rain gutters. He moved the stall mats. He moved the water troughs anytime they weren't over half full. Uh, and so this horse doesn't do any of that. And, and it's kind of almost boring. <laughs> <laughs> careful what <laughs> but, you
1: say. But
2: careful what I you say. You're exactly. tempting fate, girl. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs>
3: He doesn't chew on anything or try to take things apart. Um, this is, you know, so it's actually been kind of kind of nice, but on the other hand, you know, I was so used to putting everything back mm-hmm. and <laughs> fixing everything all the time. I mean, one time Bo chewed a hole through the barn wall. Whoa. And I guess I guess he wanted a window so he could look out while he was eating out of the feeder because the door wasn't enough. Here, let me just
2: put a window in here.
3: There you go. So he when, literally did so. When
2: when it's time for Apollo to start going out and doing competitions and doing rides, when you start with him, or you might not know the answer to this yet, because he's still pretty new for you. Will you take him out with another horse in that he you're gonna kind of use a buddy system? or not, or are you going to wait until he tells you what he wants? You know, I'm not
3: really sure. I, you know, the previous owner said he actually handled ride starts quite well. So, um, it, you know, we're going to start, I'm go- I have ridden him with another horse besides chief and he handled that really well. So what we'll try to do is start adding more horses. So we'll try to get him out with, two additional horses and see how he does with that and then you know maybe get him to you know to some sort of a group ride where it's not a competition Mm -hmm. and just see how he handles that Mm -hmm. and then of course when when he does go to an endurance ride of course we're not going to be starting in the front Mm -hmm. (laughs) group and just um you know take it easy you know maybe just um, wait for everybody to go, and then hopefully start out. And hopefully he'll keep his brain cells together. and we won't have any um, events like our first guest had where he decides he's gonna go a different way from the rider <laughs> and have to be picked up in a trailer yeah. five miles away. <laughs> let's Let's hope not. no, he's he's very friendly horse. He um, in fact, I let him out every day because I feed him additional food because he's a lot bigger horse. And of course, um, Chief's always, he's been on a diet for like eight years now. (laughs) So, um, So I let him out. And then every time I go to put him away, he follows me. And he just follows me. And I go over to the gate and open it. And he goes in. I've never once, and it's been four months, I've never once had to put a lead or a rope or anything on him to go and put him back. He follows me and and he comes to me when I call him. So he's very, um, very sweet like that. You know, Um, he's just, he's definitely stubborn. My husband said, is he part mule? (laughs) (laughs) He
2: he knows what he wants and what he doesn't.
3: (laughs) Because Dave was trying to hold him for me when I got the clippers out that day. Well, see, that
2: doesn't count.
3: And, and Dave's like, he's very stubborn. I said, Doesn't yep. Yep. And boy, can they grow tall
2: when they see something
3: they don't <laughs> I like. I was just
2: commenting on that the <laughs> other day, this past weekend. Glenn and I, neither of us had the mental energy to pack the horses up and go out for a ride at one of the local trailheads. And there's dozens of, dozens of them. So we said, oh, to heck with it. So we just threw him in the horse trailer and took him out and walked him like a couple of dogs. Uh Uh-huh. That's all good. Yeah. And every time we do that, I forget that when Nigel's not at home, he has a serious speed walk. He can walk at four miles an hour till the cows come home. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Well, I forget that he does that when I'm on his back, but he also does it when I'm walking next to him. (laughs) 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 So I'm like jogging next to him for three miles. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, and, and... I was walking along and we had just gotten started out and I'm walking along and I turned back to Glenn and I said, Nigel, I feel really short right now. He feels very, very tall. And, I'm, and he was behind me and he goes, well, he looks very, very tall. Because <laughs> he, anytime you take him away from home, he's like, woohoo, party time. He uh, he comes to life. Yeah, the other
3: day I was riding Apollo down the street and my husband was walking the dogs next to me. And I said, you know, it's a lot farther down to the ground on this horse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is. Well, lots of fun, lots of hijinks, lots of adventures. Um, Go to the AERC website if you want to find out more about uh, endurance rides going on in your your part of the world. It's easy. It's just AERConline.org. And you can also find information and links to local endurance riding clubs there. So that's a great place to start. And you're going to find links to today's show at horsesinthemorning.com. We have links to all the shows, all 2,500 plus episodes there. Mm. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's easy. It's Horses in the Morning. And on Twitter, our handle is Horse Radio. Download the free app for your phone so you can have all the shows with you wherever you go. And thank you very much to The Distance Depot and Renegade Hoof Boots for helping make this show possible. For folks who want to stalk you appropriately, where can they find you online,
3: Karen? Um, I'm uh, on Facebook as Envy Endurance Writer and also on Twitter as Envy Endurance Writer.
2: There we go. NB
3: stands for Nevada.
2: Easy peasy. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to play the show out with a little bit of Dan Roberts' Everybody's Hock to Saddle. So we'll see you again next month, everybody.
1: Everybody's Hock to Saddle. Most hands have sold a favorite pair of spurs, it's part and parcel. Of a cowboy's life, it's just to test your nerve You're too broke to pay attention When you're riding through a rough string of luck But I still love my life Wouldn't trade it for a million bucks Cause I got an old hat that fits me just fine a pair of chinks that are worn out but custom made I get to see the horses shed in early spring and go to a jackpot roping if I get paid. I've chased lions up on Big Bug Mountain and shot some horses down on the track. I've smelled hay that'd take your breath away and hitchhiked from here to who knows where and back. Why, I've even entered a couple of indoor rodeos, slept under a teepee made from a wagon fly, me and an old Bronx swam the Willamette River one time, and he was gentle when we come out the other side. I set chokers on a high-lead logging crew, way up on the Oregon coastal range. I even bought one brand spanking new pickup truck, then had to survive for days on ashtray change. Everybody's hocked the saddle. Most hands have sold a favorite pair of spurs It's part and parcel Of a cowboy's life Just to test your nerve You're too broke to pay attention When you're riding through a rough string of luck But I still love my life Wouldn't trade it for a million bucks But there is one thing that really sticks in my craw. I sold my first and only Bronx saddle like a fool. It went from priceless to a couple hundred dollars cause I needed to buy me some horseshoeing tools. But you know, I just did what I had to do at the time. I sold something I had to buy something I was needing. And truth is, I was happy to have the money, whatever it took to keep my old pocketbook from bleeding. But 200 bucks, what was I thinking? That's less the commission. I'm here to tell you, whoever's got that saddle could name their price if that boy of mine could wear just a little basket stamp off that old association. Everybody's hocked a saddle. Most hands have sold a favorite pair of spurs. It's part and parcel of a cowboy's life just to test your nerve you're too broke to pay attention when you're riding through a rough string of luck but i still love my life wouldn't trade it for a million bucks oh how i love my life wouldn't trade it for a million bucks